Welcome back to another high-energy episode of the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we take the movies we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined as always by my friend, DA, and guy who has sex at the bottom of a pool, Alex Dandino. <laughs> All right, before today's just live wire of an episode, a little business, people! It is official. Your friends here at the Film Alchemist have made it to Patreon. That's right. Patreon.com slash Film Alchemist Pod. I assure you, everyone, it's the absolute best way to help the show. It's the absolute best way to make sure you get the show that you want and deserve. For as little as a dollar a month, you can get in, join our communities, meet our awesome members that we already have, see what we're working on. And as you climb the official Highlander tier ranking system, you can select the specific films you would like to hear as part of a double or uh, as part of a patron specific request right we have a whole library of those that we've done today's episode is actually part of a double feature selected by our friend and patron jason so if you guys want to do that again it is patreon.com slash film alchemist pod the best way to help us out guys we assure you even a dollar a month is hugely helpful to us so for those of you who already help us including jason our dear friend jason keen who picked today's episodes thank you very much for those of you who are about to thank you as well guys you can go to youtube subscribe to our channel there film alchemist is the channel hit subscribe tell your friends you know thumbs up comments all that good stuff uh hit us up over there the email filmalchemistpod at gmail.com we're on all the social media you're on we are easy to get a hold of and love to hear from you guys, so reach on out. Also, make sure you're leaving us a, a quick rating and review, right? Help us defeat the algorithmic, grumpy prisoners that are coming back to wreck our lives. Help us reach more alchemists to bring into this party! All right. Alex, today's film is the start of a double feature, right? A An iced tea heavy dominant uh ice tea double feature right selected by a friend of the show and patron jason keen shouts out uh shouts out to mama keen too like last time Woo. i am stoked right so our double feature is jason has selected ricochet john lithgow denzel washington phenomenal film that's what we're talking about today and surviving the game also fucking stuff also to good. talk about so guys Make sure you download both of these today. Uh, you have access to them, and we have a lot of fun ahead of us. Let's start with the first half of our Ice-T double feature, Ricochet. Now, this movie I found a little later in life and immediately fell really? madly in love this with. This is a later in life movie for you? It is, and I am ashamed wow. to say. given the pedigree, I'm surprised. I did not know that my beloved Russell Mulcahy, who made my favorite film of all time, Highlander, had made this wild cop movie with Denzel Washington and John. Ah. Two actors who I adore. Kevin Pollack, who I adore, right? This movie has a great cast. This is the action cop thriller. This movie, to say that this movie makes wild choices would be the understatement of the century, right? There is this theory of screenwriting to just keep throwing bigger and bigger 
obstacles at your characters, and that's how you write a compelling screenplay, right? Ricochet rides the lightning to such a degree you're worried that the taint, the balls, they're going to be cut in half by the lightning they're riding. This movie makes this movie amps up the obstacles in Denzel's life to such a point. You're like, this movie is so fucking ludicrous. I can no longer care or be bought into yeah. the movie sometimes. But every time you think that John Lithgow or Denzel Washington bring you right back in, you're like, let this just soup of madness and anarchy wash over me in a sweet, sweet bath. Alex, opening thoughts on Ricochet. <laughs> Two thoughts. Like, the very, like... Okay, so at the top of this, I have to say, it's weird to watch this movie in 2022 because of the way the world is. You're just like, man, anyone who would come across this movie now would be like, something is wrong with this fucking flick right here. Like, there is a level <laughs> that is How dare you? <laughs> um, If you Why don't... is it when they're having their samurai fight and they just go, may the best Aryan win? Like, well, what? besides that, actually, yeah, the... um. The Highlander fight, because it's all Highlander stuff in that. Pretty great. There can be only one uh, Aryan guy. Our Aryan guy. That that's just a bad taste on something I love. Okay. So, it's a very but I mean yeah I mean not just the Aryan Brotherhood but literally it's I mean like if you look at it through the twenty twenty two lens it's like boy finally this white guy gets back at the DA who put him behind bars like you mean the black cop who's the hero for definitely like getting naked in the middle of a circus and like helping this guy yeah like and shooting this guy and taking care of him like you're just like no wrong this is wrong this is wrong for the jump but fuck this however <laughs> there is so much fun to be had in this movie like an absurd amount of fun an absurd amount of fun this but, movie says some of these movies want to make a statement they want to have this like macho hero thing this movie crumples up all that shit from a diehard movie, throws it out the window, and yeah. just goes bonkers. Well, this movie basically, okay, this is how I this is how I'd put it to someone who's never seen it. Like my wife would not watch this movie with me. She was like, "Oh, it's a Denzel." I'm like, and John Lithgow. She goes, "Oh," and she like turned it on. I turned it on, and she watched like five minutes. I was just like, I, "You can watch this one. I don't want to watch it anymore." And we only got through the basketball stuff. I'm like, "All right, yeah. fine, whatever." But here's the thing. This movie posits that in a there is a world where you can throw all of these absolutely insane things that happen to one person and everyone around him just goes, that's probably true. Like it is like there there's just like there's no room for anyone to question with this seems awfully coinky dinky, doesn't it? Like, no, everybody's just like, it's probably true. I don't know what to say. Hey, you know what are you gonna do? Like, throw all that out. Throw, throw all that all logic that out. out. And this is what Ricochet gives us. It's... Forensics, throw it out. Uh, Forensics, a no. gotcha sex tape where you're speaking in sentences, but your mouth's not moving and you're your asleep. Mouth's not moving and you're asleep. Toss it out. Toss it away. Toss it out. Toss do it you away. You want to have watch two fucking actors at the peak of their craft monologuing quipping at each other uh do you shouting from rooftops fights yeah do you want to just hear a non-stop fucking avalanche of amazing one-liners do you want to yes. see get this movie in your system do you want to see where joel schumacher got the idea for batman forever for him escaping through a little tube ricochet <laughs> okay okay <laughs> let's start this pod <laughs> 
This is a hard, like, let, let's put it this way. This is a hard movie to kind of discuss because it is essentially just running through vignettes of insanity. I mean, it's basically like. With nonstop a, hilarious quotes. It's a bit. Like, it's bits. Like, nonstop, nonstop bits with quotes. Like, it's it's like an, it's like a long form SNL sketch that, like, you're not supposed to be laughing at. Like, there's yeah. there's stuff in this movie that is. And again, like, well, if you made a parody of the genre, it would be this. It would be this movie, which is this weird. Is in a parody. It's actually one of Not my favorite all. movies it's from this really kind of fun. time and genre. Uh, yeah, we start off. Denzel and his partner Kevin Pollock love love that uh, are playing basketball with Ice T in the sky, right? And we find out game's over, right? He's on his way to law school and all this shit, you know, or he's got a job as a cop. He's, he's a cop. You know, he's a cop. He's a beat cop. Uh, and I'll see you here next week. I think our playing days are over. And I see just says, just in the asphalt, homeboy, letting you know, right, that this is the divergence, right? These are two guys that were friends and kind of hung out. They knew each other from back in the day. They're going in different directions. All right. He abuses his authority as a police officer to get a date, right? Next thing you know, he's excited about said date. Now, this is a fucking funny interlude, I got to say. Me and Amy have been having this, like, long-running fight since Burt Reynolds month where I tell Amy and even before that, because of John Travolta, because I tell Amy, these guys were considered sex icons of their time, right? True. Burt Reynolds and very John Travolta. true. And Amy very goes, They're true. gross. That's impossible. I go, they are. They fucking are. Don't tell me that John Travolta was not a sexy young man. He was. We've been fighting about it as the movie's playing. Amy was the opposite. She loved this. She watched it with me. Right. Amy goes, you take your Burt Reynolds and your John Travolta. But she just went, Denzel in a police outfit? And I went, get it a wop? Get it a wop <laughs> from Denzel? And she said, there's some holes in the cell. And she there's just said, in the cell. he looks like a stripper. And I was like, I just learned so much about my life. Wow. And also I was like, you're right. I like the cut of his jib in that. There is this part. like, there is this element of... Again, there's this element of it, and then it actually happens, and you're like, what? I'll say this. The first time I saw this movie, which, by the way, I'm pretty sure was when I was, like, 14 and watching, like, I don't know, like, Turner Classic movies or some shit. This is one of those things you throw, that comes on. <laughs> I th – this is – like, when I was 14, this is actually where I stopped the movie. I'm like, there's no way this movie gets any better because I'm 14 and I don't know anything. Yeah. Um. I was like, there's no way this movie gets good. And because, like, Denzel Washington's literally stripping his clothes down. I'm like, what is happening here? Yeah. Fortunately, you should have seen Amy, man. I had to get the spray bottle you spray your dog with when they're naughty. Like, down, Amy. <laughs> and Amy's just like, yeah. I was like, flash dance. Ah, Denzel. Yeah. But no. <laughs> I would travel back in time and, like, beat my 14 year old self to do a poll and be like, watch this fucking movie because it gets awesome. Yeah. Also, it's strange because this movie is the most primed to be a 14-year-old's favorite movie. Yeah. Because that's the logic we're using, right? So we're in the middle of this festival, that's right? That's a good way to put it. We are using 14-year-old the yeah, logic. They're walking around like, ah, oh, this girl, man. And they're they're having the buddy talk, right? They're on the beat. We introduce the one, the only, John Lithgow. Just, By the way, it's pretty rare to see John Lithgow do a character like like, especially, like, this is 91. 
we're not that far off from like third rock from the sun right like but you know he did more bad guys at the start of his career he did but we're getting so you had blowout and raising cane and this like he had had some roles like this i think the weird thing is that he transitioned to Oh, no. Mr. Henderson, right? His latter career is very fascinating because of, like, who he ended up becoming. Because he still, obviously, still ended up doing, like, you know, Trinity Killer and Dexter and that stuff. But his... Roger Ailes. Right? Like, he's playing those kind of roles. But, like, what made him... Like, what made him famous to everyone. Like, famous to us is, like, him and... uh, Yeah, like, him and this. Raising Cain. Those kinds of movies. Like, what he became famous for everyone is fucking Third Rock from the Sun. Yeah. Everybody remembers him for the wreck from the sun. Like that is yeah. how that's how that's honestly <laughs> how my fucking mom remembers him. Like that is just just because that's my, my that's that's how my mom knows him. But it's fascinating to watch him do this movie because he's so good too. He's so I mean, and this is what my notes for this film. I usually take pretty intricate notes about craft technique, like scene breakdowns. Yeah, in this one, it's literally just quotes. He right? just like. Just seen, wonderful quotes. Like, it's an actor who, like, <laughs> perfectly hams it up. Like, this is, like, this is such a hard tightrope to walk. Like, I I applaud actors who can do this kind of thing. Because I think it's a fucking, I think it's a fucking mess when you do it wrong. And it's really bad. He is so good at making it appeal appear convincing. Like, and yeah. menacing, too. Because, like, the other side of that is just hokey. But because yeah. it's him, he's just so menacing with it. It's very fascinating. Yeah, I mean, he just runs in, right? He's like, this job is my ticket to the big time, and you're not going to fuck it up, right? He kind of starts giving it to this dude. Right. He runs in, blows all these motherfuckers away. He hears, again, Kevin Pollock being Kevin Pollock, uh, <laughs> lands in with the joke, right? You're going to look good in a jail cell. Pfft. He gets defeated by the slowly opening door uh, where the windows open, right? Gunshot. Oh, no, we're off to the races. So we get our showdown, right? Lithgow and Denzel, right? Awesome. Awesome fucking moment. They're kind of fighting, right? (laughs) And he grabs this lady as a hostage. He says this line. She's going to need a paper bag over her head when her boyfriend fucks what's left of her. Again, wait, like, what? I'm wow. like turning to Amy, like, did you hear that? She's just like, just in a cold, like, withdrawal sweat. Over right. And I was like, what? What? So Denzel's plan, right? I'm going to start stripping, right? Of course, someone films it. And he's like, he's getting naked, right? And he just goes, the only weapon I got left is only help, is only dangerous if you're a pretty girl. Dude, just wonderful. These then, lines are just incredible. As he lets the lady go, right? The shootout. Denzel has a Beretta in the butt, as he says, right? Better than one in the boot, right? Better, Shoots this guy behind the back. In the butt's better than a butterfly yeah. in the boot. And so he fucking takes out John Lithgow. He is on his way to becoming a star. John Lithgow goes to prison, right? These are the terms we've Damn. set up. Not right? only does he go to prison, but... Sorry, no, you know what? Never mind. Let's just Sorry. get there, right? Just get so there. they're on two Sorry. different paths. Let's follow John Lithgow's path here. Yeah. John Lithgow's in the hospital, right? He's losing it. There's this old guy with a book cart who comes along. Hey, and he just who goes, is that he actor? Likes- I don't know. It was driving me nuts. 
who that fucking guy was. I don't was. know off the top of my head. I didn't do a ton of deep research. <laughs> I was just too busy writing quotes. But he comes up. He asks this guy, right? Look at you. You're a mess. Don't you have anything to live for, boy? And in that moment on the news, he sees Denzel getting accolades, right? I'll promise to keep my clothes on in my next rest. Ha, ha, ha. And John Lithgow's just like, I need books, heavy books. <laughs> and this is kind of a thing that happens the rest of the movie, right? John Lithgow makes very rock solid decisions that just play out in baffling ways to us, right? So he takes the Bible and this fucking war and peace, wraps him around his ankle to break his knee so that he can walk because he's going to go get Denzel. Is that what it is? I have no idea because he looks at his knee. He peels the thing off. His knee's all shot up. And he goes, and it's awesome. Me and Amy are loving it, right? He goes to jail. Now, if I'm being honest, the best part of this movie to me is John Lithgow in jail. And it's not just that it's got the Highlander vibe. But come on. This segment is fucking wonderful. Talk to me about Lithgow in jail. Lithgow in jail. Okay, so first off, first time we see him actually in jail, he's been moved for being too rowdy in his former section. So they put him in with Jesse the Body Ventura. Yeah. Who's, again, like, like probably up through like 95, Jesse Ventura was like the white guy you put in movies because like you're like man we need someone who looks like he probably you know wore a hood in a past life and like that guy what the fuck are you throwing that shade on the fucking governor of minnesota yes i am like come on like he i mean to be fair in this film he is playing a part of the aryan brotherhood in this film he's like i mean look you cannot more perfectly cast a member of the aryan brotherhood than a guy who's going bald and tattoos like his half forehead (laughs) He's like, skullets are cool. Skull- maybe if I just put a bill of a maybe hat. Just- hey, do you want to wear a hat? No, no, no. Put a skull right here. I want everyone to see what I'm about. Like, so- I, In case people don't know, not everyone can go to a museum, right? Under the skin is a bone. Right? <laughs> that fucking guy. The guy who comes in, talks shit, and he goes, fuck off, cream cake. Fuck off, cream cake. And then it's knocked the fuck out by John Lithgow his... and then buried in porn and bodybuilder pictures. That's the best. Became the fucking governor knocks... of one of our American states. It's my favorite. Okay, so like Lithgow. So Lithgow's fuck off, cream cake. Beats his ass. Like yeah. throws him into the toilet. And then this is like, this is my favorite part of the whole scene though. That shit's hilarious. His other thing is. <laughs> shoving all his shit off the shelves yeah not to put any of his own shit including up, his just, bodybuilding photo which john lithgow's extra including, like ugh. including all his manspiration photos he's like shoveling all his stuff off the shelves <laughs> i was like that's a flex good for him like he's like i'm gonna establish myself day one these are my shelves. okay let's just start with that the rules of this prison <laughs> absurd do not add up to me and i'm glad they don't because it's better so because of this fucking insult that we've seen right it's like how dare you break my toilet with my own face no one makes me break my own toilet with nobody my own breaks face. my toilet with my own face nobody. their only course of reaction is somehow they've gotten into the cafeteria 
Right, because they definitely have one of those things that they used to have at the Pizza Hut buffet. Yeah, where they would warm the pizzas that they fight it. So in the cafeteria, they've somehow managed to get a shitload of telephone books and newspaper. Mm -hmm. With duct tape, they make battle armor. And I was like, "This is okay." So this thing, I'm watching the movie. I'm like, "This is a pretty standard kind of cop, bad guy, killer, whatever." Right. This is the moment. That this film to me won my heart over and I was ready for the ride when I see them with their fucking armor on and their fucking like makeshift six foot long sword stabbing things. Yeah. I was like this movie so perfectly understands who signed up for this ride. I'll tell you right now. I wasn't quite sold on the scene, and then the sword started sparking. I'm like, never mind. I'm back in. You got me again, Russell. You weren't sold on the the only way that racists settle like, their scores is with makeshift swords. Well, I was sitting there. I was like, boy, these racists really pad themselves. This probably will not be a very good fight. And well, then the also sword like, started sparking. How did I'm they like, do the mind. training montage, right? They're still in the same cell. Like, Are they practicing this on their bunks? Like. I need a little information. I need a little more information about how the fuck this goes down. Like, did they have to pay a guard like 50 packs of smokes to be like, hey, can we have another uh, sword fight to the death in 25 phone books? I love the thought of a white su- <laughs> I love the thought of the white supremacist like Star Wars kidding in his like jail cell, like trying to practice. <laughs> and then he's like, hey, quiet down there up there. I'm practicing. Me too. <laughs> but no, I mean that. Okay, so this scene in microcosm, though, right? If you watch this scene and you're like, "This movie's awesome," go forth. If you watch this scene and you're like, "That seems dumb," stop the fucking movie right here. Yeah, you will not survive past you will not, this. Yeah, this, because this is this the, is the, the math of moment. the film. Yeah, this is the math of the film. Is that we are always gonna go for outlandish imagery that is awesome and fun and forsake logic at every single point. Like here's a question, right? How does John Lithgow's character kill his roommate, right? With a fucking, uh, giant sword Mm -hmm. and still have Xerox privileges, right? And does no cop go, Hey, you sure are photocopying a lot of pictures of the man who sent you to jail. <laughs> Do you think this jail is just like... Okay. This leads me to one of my favorite small bits of the film. <laughs> Later when Kevin Pollock's like, I got the contents of a cell. I'm like, I would fucking hope so. That should be in a journal of psychiatry, right? Um, that This guy did it, right? The, how easily they're duped into not knowing this guy clearly did it. Right. There's a small moment if you go back and watch it. When he's flipping through all the pictures that he has kept, right? It's like the uh, Ace Ventura scene, right? Laces out, Marino. There's a picture that is an African-American lady on all fours, right? And it's a spreader picture, right? (laughs) He cut out Denzel's head and put his head on top of the the hands and knees spreader phone. <laughs> I was, I was like some, some fucking guy, some art PA. They're like, hey man, we need you to whip up some fucking uh, psychopath stuff about Denzel. He's like, can I do the the head on a spreader? Nailed sure. it. <laughs> Nailed it. Do it. You I mean, will get, get in, 
your raid goes up by 10 bucks if that ends up getting down in the movie. I think this guy's going to be in charge of a department someday. I just wonder who and got that to guy that. ended up being Christopher Nolan's production manager. <laughs> For a fact, production designer. Somewhere, someone has that fucking picture of the spreader with Denzel's face glue sticked onto it. And if there was ever like a, a, a auctioneer that would sell that, I would pay way more than I wish to have that one from this movie. Right. But again, th- this prison is baffling. It's just baffling. But it's I don't fun, really right? think the important it, parts. I'm not of sure this I thought are, of it as a prison as much as I thought it was like white supremacist summer camp. Like they all seem to be able to go back to their bunks yeah. at the end of the night. There's way more like getting in shape. It feels like training than corrections, right? Uh, never see a guard. Pretty. I much, would say right? there's probably one no correction. You see one, right? Yeah, you see the one guard who comes to get John Lithgow. He's like, "Let's go. I hope you floss." He goes, "I did with your wife's pubic hair." With your wife's pubic hair. <laughs> Right. And so this guy has now set up an what? elaborate ruse. He has switched dental records with the other uh, Rossus that we've seen in the cafeteria. And, <laughs> and somehow, somehow, guys, I know this is hard to believe in a prison full of murderers. They say, hey, um, all of you people who are in the, the violent Aryan Brotherhood, you guys can work circular saws, right? <laughs> So John Lithgow goes in, and this is one of his best beats, right? He's doing the parole board, right? The guy's trying to get him off. And they <laughs> go, we the want to hear board. from your own voice, right? And I love this part. And they go, what would you do? What would you do when well, you get out of prison? The first thing I'd do is I, I'd pay your house a visit. And he goes, why? To thank me? No, no. fuck your wife. Fuck your wife. And your and daughter. Your daughter. Hell, maybe even the dog. Yeah, maybe even your dog. And they're like, well, this guy's not rehabilitated. And okay. they're about to get the rubber stamp. <laughs> Tell me this. Tell me when, based on the logic of this movie, tell me how you're like, this guy's going to get out. Like, I honestly, for a second, I'm like, this guy might get out just for saying As soon as he fucking giant books his knee, I know that he is like that Hitchcock, right? It's an old film school thing, right? Yeah. The two feet and strangers on a train walking towards each other. The moment he puts those books on his knees, he goes, Aah! I know for a fact he's walking his ass into Denzel's life again. I just know it. I didn't know he had made a, a fucking bullet and that the guys outside would put a guard on a table and fucking circular saw his body. Awesome. I was like, yeah, this is great. But then again, this is one of the <laughs> the strange things the movie does. They add lines in this film that are so bizarre and out of nowhere, right? So what does John Lithgow say in this moment? The last time I had a gun in my hand, a young man took all his clothes off for me. And I was like, what? <laughs> now it's your turn. And again, they do that. We're just literally going to walk out of this not very beefy prison to walk out. It's one out. of those things where you're like, not untrue, but weird yeah, flex. You're like, he's right. Uh, okay. I mean, maybe he's just checking for butt guns, right? Like he's yeah. got a phobia. Now. He's got a sting. But so <laughs> that's our journey. Check that man's butt. Yeah, with John Lithgow, right? That's his, like, gathering his allies, hero's journey, right? Uh, Denzel's is a little different, man. Denzel has now become hot shot prosecutor. Hot shit ADA. In this scene, Denzel doing that monologue to the jury, that's why Denzel's the fucking man, right? This is, by any stretch of the imagination, right, this film feels like a less than. Mm Mm-hmm. 
it makes less sense than other films. It's a little more silly than other films. Uh, the action's a little worse than other films, right? It just on every super generous. Thing. The cast is never one of those, right? And just wild, memorable moments. It's definitely a more than. Denzel has so much fucking fun in that courtroom. Well, like that you're just like, this is what that guy does. He kicks it up a notch for a movie like Ricochet. And you know what I think too is like, there is no other actor on the face of the fucking planet other than maybe John Lithgow actually that could sell that bit in the courtroom because like anybody else that maybe is maybe you didn't see liar liar I'm not addressing that anybody else <laughs> anybody else is like like do, anybody else does Jim Carrey and it's a, it's a comedy but like for some reason because Denzel does it it is like this all it's such a big and because Denzel does it and because it's far enough into this movie. By the way, this movie, like the plot of like the real crux of the plot of this movie doesn't start until probably almost 50 minutes into the movie. But like <laughs> no one else could do that yeah. without looking like a fucking asshole. And Denzel's well, just the man. It's the moment when he runs screaming out of the courtroom, right? Exactly. Then he brings it back. I want to breathe fresh air. Right. And I love this shot. There's this like like just fucking extra insert shot of the judge and he just goes. Right? He does that. This guy. This fucking rascal. This guy is this, a hoot. This he literally does rabbit. that smile. So they're like <laughs> Oh, come look, on, buddy. That, yeah, that Cromuchini judge you expect to come down uh with the hammer. He loves this guy. And then as he's giving his speech, right? Which seemingly seems like a pretty good case. This guy fucking offed nine guys, right? Murdered nine motherfuckers, and we need to find him guilty. You're like, that doesn't seem like such a big ask. The defense lawyer just balls up the paper. And he's like, God, defeated. God damn it, he got me again. <laughs> I thought I had him till he said he lacked breathing air. <laughs> That's like one of those... That was one of those moments where I was like, honestly, in the movie, again, like this movie is filled with <laughs> illogic. A logic abound is just not existent. I was like, is that, is the defense lawyer about to go Flintstone? Like, I honestly, I was like, come on, just do it. Like, who even cares at this point? Like, we're all in this movie together. Like, let's just do it. <laughs> but see, that's what I like is that this movie just says, hey, we're all in this together, right? We're all so doing this. <laughs> The the kind of the the weird fucking beacon of the plot, right? Like, hey, you're lost in this tumultuous sea of big, big choices. Over there is a fucking children's center. That's what we're gonna get, right? I, I, this is the thing. I don't even know how to fucking dissect this film because it's literally just, hey, remember when that happened? It's fucking crazy. Denzel decides I'm gonna walk up into uh, Ice T's tower building of drugs right yeah the he walks in and he starts saying like hey you guys fucked up right i remember your mom praying with my dad over you you fucked up don't ruin these kids life and they all fucking pull their guns and he's like actually i'm not trying to hear this you know fuck you he starts going in on them mm -hmm. in on them and not only is he like, hey, you're going to do this, but he starts going, you fucking punk ass motherfuckers. He's like trash talking everyone in this building, right? That they are losers to him. Right. He 
pulls out a fucking grenade. And he goes, raise your hands. Raise your hands if you want to die. <laughs> it's one of those. This is the funny movie because uh, ostensibly this is an action thriller, right? Mm-hmm. Me and Amy were fucking dying on oh, the couch dude. watching this scene at Odessa's, right? It is so hysterically. fucking funny. And this is this is the thing, right? I feel like when you make this movie, hearing people laugh this much in a moment like that, right? The movie's falling apart. Yeah. This movie is the exact opposite, right? It's almost like when Shane Black did The Last Boy Scout. Mm-hmm. The Last Boy Scout is an absolute tongue-in-cheek parody of this genre, right? Mm-hmm. This one isn't, but is actually more fun. This is, again, like, okay. Have, that have scene want... is verifiably funny because you're like, why is he here with this fucking grenade? He is an actual fucking district attorney. <laughs> and then the grenade's a fucking lighter. <laughs> this is actually, this is, okay, so... Before we watched this, I actually have been watching this show on Netflix called Murderville, which is this long-form improv show with Will Arnett. For those of you who do improv, I'm sure you already know this. The pro, like the way you do it, like, you, you yes and a moment. Yes. This ricochet is basically a movie of yes ands. Like there's at yeah. no point does anyone yes. stop and go, guys. <laughs> I don't think this character would be doing this. I don't think this is how logic works. There's no, in that, every single time, <laughs> that scene in the tower is like, yes, and he walks into this drug den, and he gives them this speech, and then picks up a grenade. Like, it, it's written in a way that is so absurd. Yeah. You just, you, like, no one even looked back when they, like... Like you and I have written together before, like and we constantly are self editing and going back and rewriting our scripts and stuff like that. It's like no one even looked back. Like they're just like, we gotta keep pushing forward. Yeah. This movie has to continue. It's awesome. Yeah, it's cause this is the the thing about Ricochet that is so baffling to me. Is that this movie does have really thrilling, scary moments, right? This movie makes me laugh out loud. And absurd decisions. This movie ups the stakes so much in this man's personal life. In so many impossible to absurd. believe decisions. This is the thing. This movie seemingly fails every single aspect of screenwriting. Right? <laughs> and almost storytelling at a whole. Right? It doesn't seem like it's doing its job well on paper. Somehow it all fucking works, right? Like, how does this movie go from I'm taking a grenade and do Odessa's, right? And you're like, that is the dumbest shit I've ever seen, and it's hilarious. Yes. Right? You know, okay, he shoots a guy in the knee so that they'll think it's him, and they switched his x-rays. Okay, well, is the bullet still in your knee? Okay, yeah. fuck, it doesn't matter. Whatever. Um, Your ice cream truck's in the ocean anyways. Whatever. Right. Uh, whatever. <laughs> We go from that scene, right, with the grenade to there is a power outage, right? Now, let's let's break this scene down because this scene is fucking awesome, right? So, we have a power outage at their house as he's doing the telethon for his father's church to get this fucking children's center, right? <laughs> <laughs> he 
when they find out the lights are out, right, they call mom. She's like, oh, okay, whatever. John Lithgow shows up. <laughs> I mean, Just- so he shows up as a repairman in the middle of the night with his fucking creepy looking ass. Here's the thing. In my mind, I am screaming at the fucking television where I go, were there just no references for babysitters in the 90s? I had babysitters and they were always just like older neighbor girls. Mm -hmm. But this is the thing. So we cut to, hey, I'm an unusually speedy repairman who's here to fix your power. Okay, fine. The very next shot we see He's lighting candles. Lighting candles. On a brownie or a cake with these fucking children. Not only is he lighting candles, he is like invited into this house almost. <laughs> like just hanging out. Like seamlessly, like nothing could possibly be. Like there's nothing wrong with a guy with a glass eye who like magically showed up to repair your power sitting down and just having a cupcake with you, you know? Especially a guy who goes. This is my magic magica. I can see what people I can are see thinking. What people thinking. It's you know so... what the babysitter's retort to that moment is? You are so good with kids. You are so good with kids. Like that and I girl... throw my hands up in the air and I go, This the there's this theory of filmmaking, right? The invisible hand. Right. Which is the more you call attention to your audience, that this is not real. That that babysitter cannot be that fucking stupid and exist in this world as these people's babysitters. It crumbles the entire believability of this system, right? That this man is a successful DA and that his wife is a successful and capable lady and that they have this nice house and this good life and they're in charge of everything. Yet they would hire this absolute fucking dullard who stares at the shark's teeth and says, bite my face. To watch yes. their children. It's, it's a fucking impossibility. It flies and it flies. You in the fucking face. love that scene. How the fuck does this movie that. work? And then we cut to the basement where he's like, I sent the $10,000. What? That's what that whole scene is for? But then here's the trick. Here's the trick, right? After that series of fucking head scratchers, right? This just absolute, you know, just shit packed heavy into a t-shirt cannon and shot at the fucking screen as hard as it can. Denzel and his wife come home, right? Uh, and she's passed out. I can't remember. Uh, they don't really acknowledge that she was clearly drugged or drunk. Yeah. They go upstairs. Did you not think that they were going to see their fucking mangled children in that bedroom? Oh, and how fun. Fucking scary is that as a parent? I one thousand percent assumed that's where it was going. I like I was like, I thought about it though. I'll say this: that's it magic, was actually man. it was actually my second thought because my first I was like, oh, that's so extreme at the very front. Like obviously this guy wants to fuck with him. Like that's so extreme. Based on what we once you see the fucking telephone samurai shit, you're like, I feel like this movie. Let, let's put it this I guess way. I shouldn't have thought you, that. You I really don't did, like, feel safe. The- yeah, you don't feel safe in Russell Mulcahy's hands. Yeah. That we're not going to see some shit in this fucking movie. I guess I really did like pull it back like, oh, there's no way they'll fuck around like that. So. Yeah. And I think that is what this movie constantly does, right? Is just baffling fucking decisions that are trying to advance this 
you know, just fucking decrepit husk of a plot it's... through the end. But it finds its magic when we stop that, right? When you just stop the plot and you just sit in this scene with these these fucking weird scenes, right? Like, this is, believe it or not, like, this is a fish-out-of-water movie, right? These are just people, <laughs> it's like, how are you in this scenario? How is this happening? I mean, the whole... Again, like, okay, you, I'm sorry. We're just, can we skip to, like, can we skip to the pool stuff? Because, like, I, I honestly, just like... Sk- okay, so here's what happens, right? His best friend was taking the church money to a bank, gets fucking caught. They find him hung to death in his office in cross-dressing and admitting that he was a kitty pornographer. Right. No one thinks for a second, right? Even Priscilla the Hun. I've known this man for a long time. Doesn't this matter. is strange. No, it's, I mean, it was clearly his handwriting. It's, <laughs> again, the, like, this is like one of those, in the early 90s had a lot of these movies where it's like, cops are legitimately terrible at their jobs. Like, there's a ton of movies yeah. where like, and they still have them, but it's like cops don't either don't do their job or like get hired like out of high school and just don't even learn how to be cops. Like they literally just give them guns like go. For it. Well, I think this is especially something in movie cops, right? Because Definitely. the policing in this movie is essentially non represented. There is no policing outside of Denzel and Kevin Pollock in this film, right? Correct. And by the time this movie's happening, they are just like a PI and a fucking lawyer. So the police don't even factor in. So yeah, all this fucking heinous crime has happened. And Denzel's like, hey man, I don't think he just did this overnight. Like that seems weird. You know, and the white lawyer who he beats like, yes, yes. Like fucking tugging his tiny putt in the corner, like (laughs) stoked at what's going on. Right. And then like you said, Kevin Pollock lets him off, right? Go in your house, love your wife, you know, be a good guy. All right. John Lithgow's master plan is to run at him with his car, reveal his face, knock him out, and then we get to the pool segment. Okay. And this is another series of what in the fuck <laughs> is happening in this, this is, movie. This is one of those but things. But you love every second of it. You love every second of it. This is one of those things that happens in a movie where, again, you're like. Okay, wait, I forgot one. <laughs> So as he fucking knocks Denzel out, this is another one of those stray lines you catch and you go, wait, what? Come again? So Kim, right? The little, the little uh, fucking henchman who's always like just fucking pumping <laughs> yes. John Lithgow up. I'm he goes, so glad you're bringing this up. I bet he shit his pants. I can't wait to check. <laughs> wait, wait, hold. Excuse wait, me. Is what? that your job? Is that what you're adding to the team? That you're, line, the, you're, the, you're the pants pooper checker. That like, moment what? reminded. That moment actually reminded me. Hey, <laughs> pieces of shit like you for breakfast. You eat pieces of shit for yeah, breakfast. You eat pieces of shit. But no, he's like, I can't wait. To I check. can't wait to check. And I'm like, well, you should do that before you place them in your muscle car. Like that's so, a cramped space. You don't want to put a poopy pants in there with you. No, that's neither here nor there. So this. So okay, we're at the pool thing, which again, I'm just like, my first <laughs> reaction when we got there was <laughs> okay. like. This pool is immaculate. Who is just like not who is tending to this place? But then my second thought, like <laughs> my second thought, like five minutes into this whole bit, is I'm just like, good lord, these guys have a ton of time on their hands. My, my like, like 
they just want to like it's so much time they spend and okay here's the other thing no <laughs> one is looking for him like they say they are they, they, they can't be are. yeah but police can't be present on screen obviously this is <laughs> again this is one of those things that like you simultaneously are ripping your hair out but also being like yes more of this yes please so we just freeze frame this right and they stop and john lithgow has another one of those wait excuse me lines he's like all this we've been through right like i created you you created me this is the first time we've ever touched wait what is that what we're fo- okay you're holding I, hands now I they do a long stop yeah it's a real it's kind of the extrapolation of that moment in predator where like they're <laughs> holding hands for too long and you're like ooh, something has happened behind enemy lines that right. we're not addressing right um this is so strange. And this film actually has like a really weird kind of sexual bent underneath it. Yeah. So like it feels very of the nineties, right? Like with the bodybuilder picture and shit, like there's something going on there that I just feel like is a, a bad thing of the time. Right. So again, I, they spend a lot of time dosing Nick uh, Denzel with heroin and cocaine. Yeah. So, but we do like hilarious. a three minute arm wrestle where they're monologuing. It's like, imagine having these two wonderful actors capable of monologuing like that and go, hey, could you guys just, like, arm wrestle while we're doing this? Yeah. This is, okay. like, the equiv- this is like the equivalent of giving actors cigarettes in the 20s and 30s when talkies started. <laughs> They're just like, yeah. what do we do with this? Marlon know, Brando liked to do shit with his hands, right? <laughs> Brad Pitt likes to eat sunflower seeds. Like, let's fucking yeah. arm wrestle. Let's go. Uh, but then, yeah, so then the, the master plan's unfurled. We're going to do a lot of fucking drugs. Right, he's gonna have a lot of uh, cocaine in his system. Right, we're gonna bring a hooker in. There's something else because I was like, not that I want to like toot my own horn, as it were, but like, that's not what cocaine does to a body. That's fine. Neither here nor there. Right. The second part of the plan <laughs> is we're gonna bring a hooker down here, and she's gonna have sex with you while we play our talk boy, like Kevin McAllister over the tape and so on the tape you're clearly going to be going not moving your mouth but like there will be words so it's fine Uh, this leads to two of the fucking weirdest lines in the film right is it see your little mouth says no but your little friend says yes okay so that's one (laughs) and when you sandwich that right book it right of his wife going when he goes i fought that woman with everything i had she goes Apparently, Apparently several, several inches, inches of you didn't fight that hard. <laughs> also, what? actually, what? yeah, I was like, I was. Here's my thing: when she said several inches, I was like, I'm gonna have to roll back the tape because I know there's that scene where you see you almost see Denzel's jock just out. There's almost just yeah. a straight up dick reveal. Like, yeah. what are we talking about? But what kind of heat are we packing, Denzel? If it's, I mean, it's strange because she just like shows up. And just starts going to plow that down, shot like, where she shows up. By the way, I was like, "Is she?" I was like, "Is this a white snake video? What is about to happen?" In this? <laughs> you're my cherry pie now, <laughs> and it's like, wait, what? It, it's just one of those where you're like, "Oh, okay, man." And then Denzel is found in the streets. He's okay. in the hospital. I love this bit though, and he's like, "There were, you know, who was there? Well, there was Talbot and Kim and." That's about it. <laughs> and then they do the, hey, we're going to need to do blood work. And you just in your mind, you go, oh, no. Oh, no. 
Because they find out later he's got the he's got, clap. Got, he's got the clap. <laughs> Poor guy. What the <laughs> fuck? And then he takes the reporters. He's like, I'll show you. They go back to the pool, which now has magically been filled in with water and has already got a fucking swim aerobics class that no reporter can say, hey, is this the first day you've had class? How long no. have you guys been meeting here? Are there other people in the building that heard all the hooking? And Did anybody see any stains or anything anywhere? Should we test it? You know what? Forget it. You know what? Never mind. I'm sorry for asking. But... Chlorine kills everything. It's fine. Don't don't mind the nuts. Just keep using your water weights, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's. I don't know what to say. Okay, but here's the thing. This is what I would say. This. Okay, now. There's movies we've watched where it's like, you know, revenge plots and that kind of shit. Like, actually, I think, honestly, I think about it about like uh, Virtuosity, which is this other Denzel movie we did a long, a long time ago now. But this is the like real plot of the movie is this like revenge scheme to basically John Lithgow's character essentially is dismantling his life on purpose. Yeah. He wants to see him on camera getting cuffed. Right. So right. this starts though. At like the 50 minute mark in this movie. This movie's only an hour and 42 minutes long. So I, I paused it. And it's a it. fucking lightning fast hour. 42. I paused it. I paused the movie. I'm like, we only have like, I don't know, 35 minutes to really address most of this. <laughs> it goes like the rest of the movie goes so fast. It's, yeah. it, 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 it goes so like, Yes, like his life starts falling apart. His wife's pissed. Like I'm just like, okay, you can't see his side of it. Sure, whatever. Okay, that doesn't fit the. That's the fit the narrative here. Like, it's like she immediately assumes that he's like because okay. So I texted I texted you in the middle of watching the movie. <laughs> I was rewatching it today, and I was like, I really need a pink bathrobe to start like yeah. really like soaking my sorrows into. It's just like sitting there in my pink bathrobe. Complaining to my complaining about my life and like muttering to myself, smoking cigarettes, just yeah. like that's been there. Yeah, yeah. Been there. like it's it's that, and then it leads up like not lead up to, but then like <laughs> the roof thing. I just I was like, we're just going for it. Like, okay, yeah. So to Cliff in notes a movie this, that's gone he, for it, this he is, sees a video where John Lithgow has an axe over his children. He doesn't awesome. secure the tape, right? Which seems like, if I have this tape, the movie's over. Doesn't do that. Just sprints down the street, beats up a clown, a clown, right? There's all these rich people yeah. there. He gets in trouble. He's like, I'll show you the tape. It's a tape of the prostitute him, and him with the fucking him fucking the dubbing. White, him fucking the white snake. Right. And no one goes, well, this seems unlikely that he would hmm. show this or have taped it. Right. The news shows it, which I thought was fucking hilarious. I was like, man, this reporter from Die Hard is fucking wild, <laughs> right? She's like going for it on TV. Uh, <laughs> we go to all is lost, right? Kevin Pollack is like, look, I found your face on a spreader. And he's like, yeah, let's go beat up a fucking Nazi and get answers. Cool. That's a ruse to get Kevin Pollack shot. And this is one of those moments I just go, guys. This is the moment. Let's let's hone in on this moment. <laughs> Please. Kevin Pollack gets wasted, right? Right. And he even goes, oh, you were right. He is alive. Otherwise, he couldn't have killed me. I was like, God damn it. Uh, whatever. It's Kevin Pollack, so I forgive whatever he does. John Lithgow shoots 
the gun and kills Kevin Pollock, right? Right. Throws it in the rain, and Denzel catches it. He goes, ha ha! Your prince on the gun that killed your friend, not mine! I'll see you in court, counsel. And he flies away like he's in Batman 66. <laughs> and you're just like, guys, I can't accept that police work is this shoddy. But here's the other thing. That's the moment in the film where I go, you are, this is kind of the opposite of a Hitchcock thriller, right? In that moment, I was like, wait, it's Denzel. Denzel's gonna be fine. It is a hard fucking line for these movies to walk. And I don't think that we stop and are impressed enough with action movies that can handle this give and take, right? You have to make the journey harder and amp up the stakes without it becoming so fucking absurd and comical that we cannot be on this journey. When his friend gets wasted like that and he catches the gun, I was just like, fuck, man. Like, too much. You're going too fucking fast. And I don't <laughs> care about the stakes. I know he's going to be all right. We'll just, just get to that. There's just part. like... Once we get to this scene, like when we get to about an hour in and there's only 40 minutes of this movie left, we're playing. Everyone's just playing really fast and loose with the logic threads. Like, and we're just like, but again, like, and this is, this is kind this is the trick of the movie. This is like the genius of Ricochet, honestly, is we're already on along for the ride. And like nothing at this point is going to shock anybody watching this movie. Like, there's no yeah. point in watching this film do you go, well, that just doesn't make any sense. Like, yeah. none of this makes sense. So, see, no, the movie's in. daring you. Wait till you see this next bit. Right. It's constantly <laughs> poking you, being like, it's, yeah. it's saying, wait till you see this next bit, but it's also saying, like, do you really want to poke holes in this? Or, like, are you are you enjoying it? That's, yeah. like, what it is. And you That's are. Because honestly, and you are. when Paula gets killed, I go, fuck this movie. Right? Every time I watch it, I'm like, God, this is just like not good writing. Right. But then, but then we enter that fucking bar, just that sex deviant bar that I was like, fuck, man, I want to hang out there. And then in the middle of that bar, they play the news and not just nine inch nail videos on loop. Like, fuck off. That is, that video is like, hey, Look at the oddities and replays of Aeon Flux from MTV, right? That's what that bar is. Like, how dare you that they're watching the news in that establishment? But I was like, fuck, if there's ever a place I want to get a drink, it's right there, right? He sees that it's all gone south. He's going to run up Denzel on the roof. You're like, you know what? I'm back in. It's, yeah. it's the movie constantly telling me. Walk away, and I fucking can't. The whole can't. movie is pushing you to turn the screw, turn it off, like the whole when time. Denzel like, pulls the off. lipstick out, and he's just like, and also like Talbot has this master plan, and seeing that was him disgraced on the roof doing lipstick and about to jump to his death is somehow not as satisfying as handcuffs. You're like, all right, Talbot is just walking around in a crowd full of cops and reporters. I love how upset he's getting at. <laughs> him like what the hell no you're supposed to suffer yeah suffer Dude, denzel with that fucking so denzel with the lipstick thing it was like actually when i was watching i was like did nolan did nolan jack this for the joker what's going on 
Yeah, well, because we uh, we get these two like amazing Frankenstein like triple jump cuts, right? Where the camera just pushes in. Yeah, they do a weird one in the fucking sex bar, right? Where it's just like people in ill-fitting leather garb, right. and they just go. Then my revenge will be complete. complete, and it's just like right on the mouth. And then this one when the roof blows up, presumably to us the audience in the safe house where they're keeping his fucking family, and it's just this close up on fucking Lithgow's eyes. He's like. No! <laughs> Close my eyes and like you see the explosion in it's his like great. dead eye. <laughs> I mean, again. also I was like, this is another one of those like maybe it's a minor gap in logic. Um, so Denzel gets his family and he rushes to Odessa like you got to help me out. He goes, hey man, I've known you long enough to know that you're like annoyingly truthful and goody two shoes. I believe you. We'll keep these people safe. I thought that was a really cool beat, right? Like. These buddies are coming through. They're going to unite uh, to fix it. It's the most logical thing that happens in the entire yeah. film. So when Odessa says, yes, I will keep your family safe and help you uh, save your career, right? As he says later, John Lithgow, you tried to take my friend's dreams, and now you're the one in the nightmare. I was like, fuck yeah. yeah wait, what's the line? Um, uh... Did Do you think that Denzel cleared with Odessa? Hey, I'm also going to blow up all your drugs and income. And your whole building? Do you think... Possibly full of... Because this is the thing. If he didn't tell him he was going to blow up all the drugs and shit, were there still people in that fucking building? Yeah, I think about... I thought about that, too. I think maybe... Because <laughs> you are left with... This is Denzel at the end of the movie. Like, oh, this is going to look good when I run for office again. I think like, maybe... I don't get the feeling that Denzel's done. He fucking blew up his entire organization which would be worth a lot i think maybe ricochet 2 is like five minutes long and it's odessa murdering nick for doing for doing that he's like i should have never electrocuted that white fella you piece (laughs) of shit you blew up my drugs it's insane because i was like did he fucking clear that i'm like clearly he knew to jump down the chute so there was some home alone style planning to this this ruse but I was like, Odessa seems wildly not mad about this fucking insane thing, right? Anywho, no reporter sees this. No reporter sees this fucking criminal. No cop sees him. Uh, showdown at the fucking towers. Again, just... Uh, <laughs> we're just... Again, like, this is the movie we're watching. It's a really yeah. important thing. And... Look, it ends Dude, the way it they, ends the way Odessa every- tells his friends, hey, if cops show up, distract them, and they all just fucking throw cops down, handcuff them, and he goes, Hey, we're on the district attorney's assistant group. Don't make me club your ass. Don't make me club your ass. What? What? Odessa yeah. is a fucking wise guy of the street that has worked his way up to a position of power. What is happening? But it's fucking funny. It's funny. Odessa's and- lines are great. Uh, yeah, so first things first, fuckboy gets shot. Yep. You know, and then Denzel's doing the like, ha, 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 I'm yeah. over here. It's no, like this I'm weird little, it's like, um, <laughs> it's like that scene in Hocus Pocus where Max leads them into the uh, pottery room. Yes. Like, it's, it's the same bit. And like, <laughs> again, the movie, we're just, look. They do another this- like impromptu arm wrestle. <laughs> This is always my thing. Like this is my thing with this movie. By the time you're at the end of this, you're like, I'm already here. Like just whatever you want. 
it ends sort of just like it just ends you're just like they're fighting they're fighting they're right fighting, they're fighting stab uh the cops and the camera crews like oh my god it's talbot so like we know it's up right but instead of like he's got him on camera go down the tower be like see i was right he's like no i'm gonna murder this guy yeah uh this is one of my favorite plans in any movie i'm going to wear the oj gloves right i'm gonna wear the double insulated gloves right and my boots my hiking boots right and have my my hiking rope and odessa's going to electrocute the tower as he said told that motherfucker who had the power and denzel hanging from one arm goes got the point now don't you blake as he's electrocuted and falls off the tower and gets impaled on live tv while fuck boys tied up all fucking shot to hell like when they pan down from that fucking thing to the reporter from Die Hard, you're like, look at what's on TV. The same TV that just showed a fucking prostitute just writing the district attorney. I was like, this cannot exist in the Die Hard universe because this exists in like Mad Max. Like this is not a world we live in. Well, it's like, I mean, it is this great like, wait, we were wrong. Scoop. Like it's this whole like constant like. Again, I, I agree. Actually, like when they showed it on the when they showed him and the prostitute on the on the news, it was like any other movie in the nineties would be like, please be careful. <laughs> like make sure your children are out of the room and all that shit's just like whatever. Put it on the news, who cares? It's a current uh, affair. Hey. I, I did like the ending. Uh yo oh. Uh, you know, are we playing next week? We're playing yeah. next week, yeah. Game is reborn, right? By the uh, way, can we play basketball we'll be- even though I blew up all your drugs? Yeah. Also, my my teammate is dead. Like, by Gus Macker rules, I need a replacement. I I am out of basketball teammates. Um, And then he shuts off the news camera and tells the reporter to kiss his ass. Yep. He's no longer the uh, fame-hungry guy he was. Once. I think the opposite. I think he set this whole thing up. He publicly executes a man on tv blows up a den of iniquities in a fiery ruse of his own demise to then fucking publicly execute two criminals on tv that have wronged him right that gave him the clap with the help of a drug dealer who's strong-arming cops this is going to be the biggest news story in the history of america yeah like this isn't a tomorrow at five you know Oh, they put antibiotics in the chicken. Who knows? Meat glue. Is it dangerous? Like, you cannot do those stories. There are no more human interest piece. No. We are back to ancient Rome where we murder people. On what we're actually doing is there's an entire network built to just following Nick Styles around as he ADAs. And yeah. yeah. Like, and what it is is like, it's like, like it's all of the news crews. Like, you know, eventually something will happen to him. We just got to stay on him. That's all. Like, it's like a 24-hour news cycle thing. They just release one of his fucking inmates every week. And they're like, watch what Nick gets up to this week. Let's see what this guy does this week. Hey. <laughs> Vegas odds. Clap a syphilis. Get your, get your live scores at the bookie. Yeah, it's, In this uh, week's episode, I don't kill the clap. This is how I would best summarize. Because if you've never seen this movie and listened to this whole pod, 
it sounds like we're doing a Family Guy episode yeah. where we're just saying random nouns yeah, and verbs. It sounds and like a long form improv bit. That's it. I always describe this as it's a it's a movie that makes no sense and it feels like it should be bad constantly. But at the core, you have these two just stunning performers. Um, and this is a movie that, despite whatever I think of it on a logical level, when I have a group of people in my home that are willing to watch a movie, this is like one of my two or three. I'm like, has everyone in the room seen this? Almost always, most people say no. Right. And I make everyone watch it, and we fucking laugh, and we have a great fucking time, and then all of those people go out and share Ricochet with someone else and tell me that they fucking thought it was a blast. It's like this movie and Pumpkinhead are like my two go-tos. That's what I always recommend people watch, man. And, and why wouldn't you? It's 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 a fucking bizarre, bizarre film that just has so much magic, right? You can add it all out, write it on a paper, right? The ingredients, right? And through the alchemy of this movie, it's just so much more than the sum of its parts. And I think it's a fucking wonderful film, man. It's so and much Russell Mulcahy, he just brought the fucking thunder, right? That Highland of Thunder. It's fucking great, man. That's it for the first half of our double feature, uh, Ricochet. Thank what you again to Jason choice. Jason Keen, man. I hope you had a good time with this episode. I'm sure you had a good time rewatching Ricochet. We'll be back uh, right now. You can find it immediately on your feeds with Surviving the Game to uh, wrap up our T for Two double feature <laughs> uh guys once again the patreon film alchemist or uh, patreon.com slash film alchemist pod the youtube film alchemist the email film alchemist pod at gmail.com stay with us for all the fun to come i'm gonna go check if alex shit his pants i'm gonna check if i shit my pants <laughs> <laughs>